Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, <laughs> it's mama time. So I have been so excited about this day from the very start of the podcast, because today I get to talk about one of my very favorite topics with one of my very favorite people, one of my best friends, my sister, Alicia. She's actually a lactation consultant, which is super groovy and super on topic of really what we're wanting to hit home on with these next few episodes, but she's also a mama of four and Honestly, you guys, she just is one of the most loving and sweet and uplifting and understanding and beautiful people that I know. And I feel really, really lucky that she's been someone that I've been able to share my journey with, but also I'm feeling really excited and and lucky that I now get to share her with the world. So we're about to have a beautiful conversation. We have the best conversations. She's one of my favorite people to talk to because we're truly passionate about motherhood and the importance of supporting and educating mamas as they embark on their own journey. So hello, sister. Can you hello. tell you can, can you hear my giddiness? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty giddy myself. <laughs> Good. Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and tell people who you are and, and what you do? Okay. Well, um, hello everyone. I am Sarah's oldest sister. So I've known her obviously all of my life, <laughs> not all of my life, all of her life, <laughs> but I, um, I married, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 25 years this year. And, um, we have four children. Our oldest Caleb is 24 this year. Nathaniel's 19, Asher will be 16 in a few weeks, and Sophia, our only daughter, is 13. Um, we live in Lafayette, Indiana, and I was very blessed to be able to spend my first 11 years of motherhood at home with my children full-time. Right before I had Sophia, I started a path to, I'm going to kind of just explain a little bit about how I got into lactation. When we moved to Lafayette, I started going to La Leche League meetings. I had been invited to a La Leche League meeting when I was pregnant with my first child. And I thought La Leche League was for hippies. And I couldn't imagine when I was 22 going to a room and sitting around talking about breastfeeding with people that I don't even know. But... I did become very thankful for Lulatia League because even though I didn't go to a meeting, I got the womanly art of breastfeeding and started reading it before I had my baby. And I also got some videos from the library that were very informational and had some demonstrations of breastfeeding. And I found that those were very helpful, even though 
when I had my son, I was not really still on board with all of the Laleche League philosophies. I thought, well, it seems like a pretty safe place to go <laughs> right now when I moved to Lafayette. So I went there and I loved it. And I don't think I ever stopped going to Laleche League meetings until for a long time. Um, I ended up becoming a Laleche League leader and I did that job for about seven years. And I think when I first started going to meetings before I had the job, that's when I realized that I had a passion for helping moms and probably even before that with friends and things like that. But um, meetings were always different. Um, my husband would say, why are you keep going to those meetings? You know enough about breastfeeding. And I'm like, I found my tribe of people, <laughs> you know, like, like-minded people, you know, because some of my parenting choices and some of the things that are important to me are not really, I don't know, you know, that what the world believes about things. And so our, our culture, I suppose. And so I became a leader when I was pregnant with Sophia and I, I did that for about seven years. Along with a few years into that, I um, started working at WIC as a breastfeeding peer counselor part-time. It was a really great job for me because I did most of my work at home. And then I was able to take my children to work with me sometimes for meetings or Sophia taught um, class with me for a, a year or two in the sling, so awesome. <laughs> sometimes holding a baby doll that was as big as her. <laughs> um, while I wrote on, tried to write on the dry erase board, it was, it was really fun. And, you know, one of the really awesome things about that is that having your baby in the office, you get to model mothering or people who maybe who haven't seen it. And I think that pretty early on, I realized that that's really important. And that's why meetings were important because that was the first time I saw, well, actually like meetings, that was the first time I ever saw a toddler nursing. And I remember sitting there thinking, I've never seen this. I mean, I remember Sarah being a toddler and nursing, but I was 14 or 15 and I was like, I don't want to know really anything about that. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't really ever seen very many people nursing their children into toddlerhood. And so I remember like after a couple of meetings, I was like, well, the child, I've been around a lot of children and the child is totally normal. And the mom, I've gotten to know her over the last few meetings, and she's pretty normal. So I guess it might be okay, you know? And so much of that is just about opening your mind to something new and that you have never seen. And so that was really fun. And kind of back to getting back to my job at WIC, you know, I was just a cheerleader for moms for many years as I did that job. And it was really fun. I built relationships with many of the moms, helped them throughout multiple children. You know, it's a very rewarding job most of the time. Um, sometimes there are those hard times where breastfeeding doesn't work out and you're both about ready to cry because you know how much she wants it and you want it for her too. And, you know, don't really have a cause for why breastfeeding didn't work out or, you know, when moms have tried for so long and it just isn't happening the way that you want it to, you know, but usually the good outweighs the bad by a lot. <laughs> and so I got uh, my IBCLC certification in 2011 and 
So that was about 10 years ago. And a few years ago, a couple years ago at WIC, they had the opportunity to work as a lactation consultant, which was really nice because I could finally work um, in my scope of practice versus only being able to help moms with like normal breastfeeding things. And I could get into some more complicated things um, with moms. And so I've been doing that for a few years. And over the summer, I started my private practice, which was something that had been laid on my heart for a very long time, probably since I passed my board certification. And so um, it's been very exciting. It's been a lot of hard work um, <laughs> to do that, but it's, it's so fun. And I just love being able to help other moms and help them get to where they want to be. And, you know, for me, I don't think breastfeeding is only about food. And I think it's just like this mothering thing that kind of comes along with it. And I'm, I think we'll probably talk about that a little yeah. bit later. So there you go. Breastfeeding is my passion. <laughs> I love it. I feel like, okay, I know you, you, you did kind of touch on a little bit of your own history of breastfeeding, but was there anything in particular mm-hmm. Just in your own, just with breastfeeding the kids, that it just it kind of clicked with you that it was something that you really wanted other other moms to be able to help other moms experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, you know, with most of my children, I mean, okay, let's start with Caleb. Caleb was my first, and I had been around my mom who had breastfed, and another family friend that I babysat for she, her kids were a little bit farther spaced. And so she's the one that asked me to come to a Leche league meeting. And I have seen really those people breastfeeding and the rest of my time, as I worked as a babysitter and helped somebody that were, ran a daycare, I never saw breastfeeding. It was all bottle feeding. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, ah, I don't think I really ever considered formula, but I think I just breastfed because I knew it was better for my baby. And I had a close friend that did not have children. One of us, this is my first baby and she didn't have any children, but she was pretty passionate about breastfeeding. And she was my cheerleader along with my husband. You've seen her on Sarah's messages. Her name is Soraya. Um, And I saw all the posts that she put on today and I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She went to missionary school. And so she would be like, well, the missionaries do it this way. And, you know, so like um, there was a lot of like outside the box kind of thinking, you know, when you are in some place that doesn't have like modern day conveniences. Um, And so when I started breastfeeding, it was hard because I didn't really have a lot of people in my life that could give me a lot of input on like how to do things or, you know, I'm having this problem. What do I do? And, you know, the internet was a lot different back 25 years ago, you know, it was a dial up and you got email. (laughs) So with Caleb, I nursed him because, but I was 25, 22 and I didn't really want to nurse in public, you know? And so when we were going out or whatever, I would make a bottle of formula and I would give it to him and, I didn't know that I should be pumping when I'm not removing milk from breastfeeding to keep up my milk supply. And so around four months, he started refusing the breast. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. I really enjoy this. I enjoy this bond, but it was really kind of too late. And so that's kind of where things clicked. And I was like, 
when I started thinking about having another baby, I was, I kind of got this mindset, like my breasts were made for feeding babies and I don't care who you are or where I am. Like (laughs) my breasts are going to feed babies, (laughs) you know, um, when I have a baby. So that's kind of where that started. And I remember, you know, I can think of like things, times where, you know, just encouraging my friends to do the same. I had another friend who had like nursed her first baby for a year with um, her previous late baby. Yeah. Her first baby for a year. And then she had another baby and we would be like, okay, we would go grocery shopping. Cause that was fun for us to do. It was like, we hated grocery shopping, but it was more fun when you're with your friends. Yeah. And so one day we went in the store and she's like, oh, the baby's got a nurse and I'm going to go out to the car. And I was like, no, you're not like, <laughs> and they had a McDonald's in, in the front of Walmart. And so I was like, look, I'm going to watch the other kids and you're going to go, we're going to go in there and we're going to sit down and you're going to nurse your baby. And I'm going to be your lookout. And I'm going to be like your bouncer person for anybody that wants to come and that that's not okay. And anyway, so that's my story. Like, I mean, that's where it all started. And so I'm just I'm trying to do this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this might feel, this might feel kind of random, but it was a thought that I had was something that you said a little bit earlier and that, and I feel like it's a good thing to maybe kind of touch on this and clarify a little bit that, cause I know mm-hmm. it was something that we really wanted to make sure was a message that we got across to moms, especially after reading some of the comments and stuff in some of our posts today and the, the collective page is that we're really passionate about breastfeeding because we've had really awesome experiences and we know what they can do for mom and for baby. And we know that it can be really beautiful, but we also know that it's really, really hard and that there are millions of different kinds of circumstances that make it really difficult or almost impossible, whether it's your life circumstances, whether it's your health, your mental health, whether it's surgery, whether it's something birth trauma, there's so many things that can happen. Um, and so when we say breast, like earlier in your life, I mean, all kinds of things, you know? Yeah. So we, a lot of what I think our mission here today is just to try and a, we want to just do, we want to, we want to educate, we want to support you, but we also want to help, I think, create some understanding and validation for the fact that we do know that it's hard. And there are some reasons why we think it is hard because a lot of us come into breastfeeding, think it's going to be really simple and really natural. And that's all that we know it to be because that's all we've ever seen. Um, We've never heard anything different. And then the expectations of that end up feeling really completely opposite of what the actual reality is. And it's becomes even harder. So um, Mm -hmm. we want you to know that whether you end up having to formula feed or whether you're supplementing or whether you're like just solely pumping and bottle feeding, we we're, we're with you and we support you and we love you. And we know that you're doing the very best that you can for your baby. We just hope we can support you in breastfeeding and to give you again, that validation of your own journey and know that Mm -hmm. everything you did was right. But the question I wanted to ask you was, okay, Sorry, I know, blah, blah, it was long-winded. Do you guys in your industry, if you're talking about breastfeeding, does breastfeeding also encompass bottle feeding if the milk is from the breast? I believe so. Okay. I mean, I think that, I think it depends on, sometimes we separate it because I don't put, like if I'm writing a note to my, in someone's chart, I'm putting 
breastfeeding for breastfeeding at the breast. But to me, that includes moms that are exclusively pumping. You know, that is breastfeeding. You are providing breast milk for your baby. It doesn't matter whether you're doing it once a day or, you know, half of a feeding once a day, like every drop counts, you know, and I recognize that it's a lot of hard work and we need to, you need somebody to say, great job. You know, sometimes I have moms who are pumping half an ounce a day, you know, out after a couple pumping sessions. And I'm like, and they just keep going. And I'm just like, I don't know how they do it. I just love that they have the heart to do that. And, and some moms aren't okay with doing that. And I don't blame them. I'm like, you know, sometimes even just cutting certain things out of your diet. I'm like, I love breastfeeding, but I don't know, <laughs> you know, especially when it's a lot of things maybe yeah. or whatever. But yeah. Anyway. Yes. I, I, I believe that that is breastfeeding. Okay, cool. I felt like that was important for us to kind of touch on. I agree. Okay. So getting into our mission, I feel like it would be really cool of us, especially just given who you are for you to maybe just kickstart off. I know a lot of us who are here listening to this, or a lot of us who are expectant moms, we've probably done like light research on breastfeeding and like what the benefits are, but I would really love to know from you, you know, what are the benefits? Like, what is this, like, explain this thing in your own terms and your knowledge of this thing that we fight so hard for, like, what are the benefits of it? Well, I feel like most people know the health benefits of it. Most people know breast milk is better for your baby. Why is it better for your baby? Because when I, when I talk to people sometimes, and we're talking about breastfeeding and they don't really have confidence, like people in their family have tried to breastfeed it never worked out, whatever. And I try to remind them, like, when you're pregnant, your body feeds your baby. You know, you don't have to push a button every hour or two to tell your body to feed your baby. It's made to do that on the inside when the baby's on the inside. And it's also made to feed your baby when it comes outside. So, you know, there are so many things like when you're pregnant, one of my first symptoms of pregnancy was my breasts were tender that's your body growing new milk glands and getting everything ready to feed your baby. Your body is so amazing when it comes to that. And so for me, I mean, there are so many different opinions and opinions about how we do parenting. And I think that's one of the hardest things out there for moms is because everybody has an opinion. And I think new moms, they, they want, give me, I remember being this way, like, tell me exactly what to do every single time, you know, or when this happens, tell me what to do. And when this happens, tell me what to do. And I'm like, I can't do that because your baby's personality has a lot to do with this. And what do you want? What do you want breastfeeding to look like? What do you want mothering to look like? And I know for me, you know, I, there were a lot of things that I learned earlier in my life that I didn't want to be a mom like that, you know? And so then what do you do, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, um, I think we all have to just kind of come to this place where, and this goes for everything breastfeeding and what breastfeeding looks like for all moms, but what works for you? First of all, what does your gut tell you? And I know you did an episode on your instincts and, you know, but like, if you don't feel like being away from your baby and you don't have to, like, because you have to go to a job, like you don't have to leave the baby at grandma's house for the weekend and go do something. You can say, 
No, when your baby's first born and everybody wants to hold your baby and you don't want, you want to hold the baby, like you should hold the baby. You know, like we need to, we need to um, be in this place where we are speaking those things out because I love babies and I love snuggling babies. But when I go places and people are passing the baby, of course I want to hold the baby, but usually I'm like, no, like, oh, no, I think my age and maybe just, I just am like, I want the mom to hold the baby. I'll take the baby and then I'll give it some mom. <laughs> you know, like, so, so, so much of this is choice with what yeah. we're, with what we're deciding and how we're doing it. So I don't know. I finish, remind me like what I'm supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I love it. We're, I was asking okay. about the benefits. So, okay. W- one thing I just heard oh, from what you just said was part of the benefit of breastfeeding is it really is one of the first opportunities we have in motherhood to figure out what we want motherhood to look like. And it allows us to follow our instincts and our intuition of what we feel is right for us and our baby. Right. And I think that when you are able to breastfeed, you have this connection with your baby that is not the same as when you're bottle when you're formula feeding and when you're bottle feeding. And I, I don't want to, I'm not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is there's just something different about it. And I wish that that wasn't the case. I don't really know what else to say about that, but I just think that that is something that is true. Yes. Like do tons of skin to skin. You're still going to get some of that bonding and, and, but I don't, I don't really know. Like, I just think it's a little bit different in that, but I still think that, you know, moms and babies are connected. Baby wearing is something that is really great for that. And so there are so many benefits of breast milk and being close to your baby that we really need to just kind of go back to a lot of people say we shouldn't say things that like breastfeeding is natural because I don't know why really, (laughs) but, but breastfeeding is what we're made to do. And babies are made to get breast milk. And that is really ideal, but sometimes that's not the circumstance and we just have to be okay with that, you know, or a mom doesn't feel comfortable breastfeeding and that's okay. You know, we, we don't have to feel bad about that. You know, I think our culture is really bad about judging everybody about everything. And we really need to be just accepting of every mom's choice. And we may not understand why she's doing what she's doing, but she knows why she's doing it or why it doesn't feel like the right thing for her and her baby. And, and that's what we should be supporting her for doing what she feels like the right thing for her and her baby is. I totally agree. You know? Yeah. And so I don't know. Benefits. I think there are just tons. And, you know, I think we just have to find what works for us. I mean, I think obviously convenience is nice. Sometimes a lot of moms maybe who don't want to continue breastfeeding all the time will choose to breastfeed at night still. Yes. Because they don't want to get up and go make a bottle or whatever. Or maybe moms are pumping and they're just pumping and putting in a cooler and pulling it out. (laughs) you know, later yeah. on in the evening, I think that those are, you know, good, good, good reasons for, you know, choosing that, but there, I think the benefits are kind of endless. I mean, even just like on a, um, country wise, like they did a really amazing study where they found out that like most moms, um, that had babies would exclusively breastfeed for, 
six months, which is the rest recommendation from most places like AAP or WHO, that it would save the United States $13 billion a year. And it would save hundreds of babies' lives just by breastfeeding. And, and I think like when we think about our country and like, we're not a third world country, we are not like, we're very civilized and, you know, that that would make such a difference, but it really does. And so, you know, we don't really think about the value. I don't think ma, I don't think our culture values breastfeeding for what it is either. You know, they don't, they think, oh, well, moms make breast milk, but breast milk has value. You know, if you had to buy breast milk from a milk bank, it'd be like $4 an ounce. Right. Right. I don't know. It is Probably liquid not. gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But but we have to, you know, and, and it's time. It's time that you're spending as a mom. It, breastfeeding is not always quick. You know, it's yeah. kind of time consuming in the beginning, especially. And so. But the, so was the other end. It. Formula feeding yeah. is too. Uh, formula feeding is too. I mean, like it just seems time wise. By the time you mix and heat and shake and test the temperature and then feed the baby and then washing all the bottles. I feel yeah. like, so I really like what you said. There, there are tons of benefits. And I think deciding on what's good for you and your baby, but of all of those benefits, like what of those benefits are important to you? I know that when I was going through my journey with miles, for one, I think I was fighting initially, I was fighting so hard because I had just like lost this dream birth that I have. And I thought if I don't have that, and I was so scared that breastfeeding wasn't going to work. And I was going to miss out on this like super special bonding that I had really been dreaming about. If I couldn't have this, this birth, I was darn it. I was going to have, I was going to have breastfeeding. It was going to work. And I feel like I had every opportunity was given every opportunity to be like, throw my hands up and be like, okay, this is too much. It's too much for my heart. It's too much for my anxiety. It's too much. Like I was just, there was definitely points in time where my body was so tired. I couldn't sleep because I was so stressed out about miles being hungry. And of course that does nothing for your supply. But towards the end, when he was like, the latch was still off and we were fighting on getting him back to the boob after the bottle. It was like, not only was the bonding what I was fighting for, I was also really fighting for the convenience. I was thinking about traveling and, and flights and being able to put miles on my boob for takeoff and landing. And sleeping and like how e much easier it is to sleep when I can just nurse him to sleep and being able just to be out in public and not having to worry about the bottle and sticking him on. Like I realized that throughout my journey, all of it was really important, but a lot of the benefits for me, as far as priorities, like I was fighting for different things along the way. And they were really practical things. A lot of them for sure. I agree. Yeah. And I also didn't want to spend money on formula or have to buy milk. I mean, I got lucky enough to have donor milk, but if I would have wanted, if that would have been a dedicate, something I wanted to really be dedicated to, yeah, we would have spent a lot of money on, on donor milk and then shipping it to Kodiak, which would have been a whole super fun thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of move on to kind of the main message here today, which was, you know, going into my journey with miles, I, Definitely knew that there were things that could potentially go wrong. However, the majority of the stories I had heard or had seen, which really weren't a lot, were that breastfeeding was really pretty easy and that sure it might be, there might be a learning curve a little bit in the beginning and, you know, you might have to pump and it might be uncomfortable and you're going to be tired anyway, but that you'll figure it out and that it, you know, like you and baby mm -hmm. will figure it out together. And so it was such a heartache and shock, I think, when it was like the complete opposite. 
And then the questioning of why that was the case. So why do you think that breastfeeding is so much harder than we expect it to be a lot of the times? Mm -hmm. Man, I think there are so many reasons. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons is our culture. I don't feel like we, we don't live in a breastfeeding supportive culture. We might say breastfeeding friendly or whatever, but I don't believe our culture is really breastfeeding supportive. And so I think it starts somewhat with, I mean, we're being real here. So sexualization of breasts, yeah, um, it's everywhere. It's in the mall storefronts. Like you can't breastfeed with your breast out in the play area, but you can walk down past Victoria's Secret and all the other stores and you'll see more breasts than you would if you see a mom nursing in public. You know, even just advertising, you know, like on commercials, you know, whatever. Some restaurants utilize breasts as their reason to come. So I just think that that does not help our cause. You know, I remember being a, a pregnant mom and thinking, I think it'll be really weird to have a baby sucking on my breast. And, you know, like, I mean, that's usually involved in sex a lot of times. And so like, how does that work? And, you know, I've had that question from lots of moms and I'm like, after I had a baby, I mean, you hear rare stories where that's not the case, but most of the time I just feel like after nursing all four of my kids, and I think I have about nine or 10 years worth of breastfeeding in there, it's. I mean, it's like there's this switch in your brain that's like, okay, you have a baby, like those are for the baby, not for dad, you know, like yeah. it's not, it's just not, um, not something. And maybe as the baby gets older, that changes a little bit, but especially in the beginning, because your body's saying, um, I'm already taking a baby, taking care of a baby and feeding a baby. I don't really want you to be growing another baby right now. You know, like yeah. I think it's the same, like you know, that's why you don't have your period sometimes for a long time when you're nursing and not everybody's that lucky, but sometimes that's the case. Yep. What else was I going to say? Oh, dad, sometimes, you know, and this is kind of still goes along with that sexualization part, but like sometimes dads start to get weird about nursing too. Like maybe not at the beginning, but like when they have a toddler son or, you know, they it's I find it more with the boys you know like that they get a little bit wigged out about it and so you know I think it's important to teach them I actually had a phone call with a dad the other day he had all these questions he wanted to ask me and he's like so when are they supposed to come off and I'm like well you know (laughs) it just depends on the mom and the baby and when you know when they feel like it's time and he's like I don't know about that I'm like well you know we have to rethink, you know, like me and that little Leche League meeting, we have to rethink how we look at that, you know, in other parts of the world, breast babies don't usually wean. I mean, the average weaning age is said to be like four to seven years. And so obviously here that's like, <gasps> like, how could that be? But, you know, breastfeeding is just like it's about comfort connection for us as moms. That's so much of what it is for babies too. Lilati League had this philosophy that, you know, the baby's need for mom is almost as much as its need for food in the beginning. And I love that because I think we have to 
reset our minds to thinking like, our baby's just not trying to manipulate us. They really do need that. They have that, you know, even though you're the baby's outside, you guys are still kind of one for a few months, you know, and they're not really meant to be separated. And so many of these things that I think about, I try to go back a couple hundred years. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was it like? You know, like couldn't just leave your baby in the other side of the cave in their own space or else somebody's going to come and eat it. Something is going to come and eat it. Yeah. Awesome. You know, so, so we just have to really think about why it is that babies are nursing. We don't think it's weird if, you know, a toddler is carrying a blanket around or they have a favorite toy when they're two or three, but if they're breastfeeding, that's weird um, because they can talk and they have teeth and, you know, but, but it's about that comfort and they're actually getting it from a mom who can interact back with them, not just an item. And so I think when we think about that, we can kind of maybe be a little bit more open to breastfeeding isn't so weird, especially for a toddler. I feel like on that same, that same point, um, tell me if I'm getting this term wrong, attachment parenting. Yeah. Okay. So with that, it's not only like that breastfeed, like uh, for like tur- like how long or that, that connection, but also like how often the baby is wanting to nurse. I think so many of us, especially like when the first cluster feeding happens and your baby just ate, what the heck. Um, and there's lots of reasons for cluster feeding, right? Like a lot of it is just like potentially growth spurts and like they're starting to demand more food, right? Yeah. Or how many times do you put the baby to the breast and they just fall asleep? It's not that right. they right. eat about being close to you. Right. But so much of our society, right? So for cluster feeding, or if the baby is using Mm -hmm. you for, for that pacifying or for comfort or for nurturing, it's like, I I remember there being a time when we had gone back home with miles and I'm, we're still trying to figure things out. It's still a struggle. And so, yeah, we're breastfeeding all the time. We're in like a busy house. There's lots of people. I could tell he was, I remember actually being back in the room with you and I could tell that he was he was upset because the moment I walked out and got where it was quiet, he was happy and he was chill and he didn't want to nurse the entire time. But I remember somebody being like, that baby's just using you as a pacifier. Like you're going to be breastfeeding your whole life. And I want, I remember just wanting to shout back, we're still trying to figure things out and I'm having supply <laughs> issues and he just needs to be fed and I'm not making enough milk and he's getting what he needs. And I don't care, you know, like, and also just who cares, you know, but you feel so judged and you, there's so much of you. I think that you're wondering if that's the right thing to do, because so much of the people around us in society, you're telling you that you shouldn't be your baby's pacifier. And, and so it's really hard then to be like, okay, well, this baby's constantly breastfeeding. You know, it's hard. It's hard to accept that and feel like that's okay thing. I agree. I agree. Totally. I think, you know, I think that's one of the hardest things about like our not breastfeeding supportive culture is that if you are doing things that are really supportive of breastfeeding, a lot of times you're getting feedback from everybody. Like, you know, at during the holidays, you're feeding your baby too much. Like, you know, is your baby hungry again from all the other people that are around or, you know, then there, then there's the people that in the same event are like, I don't think you're feeding them enough, you know, like, you know, so we constantly have those, those incoming messages that are making us doubt ourselves. And that is just, I think that's just part of it, you know, and that, and you just kind of have to go back and do that check. And you and I talk about this all the time. Like, what can I, if I make this decision, these are my decisions, what can I live with and feel good about, you know, 
if letting the baby nurse and suckle whenever they want is supportive of breastfeeding, and that's my goal, will I be okay if that if that pacifier messes that up a little bit? And some babies pacifiers can make a huge difference difference, like getting breastfeeding going because of latch. Just yeah. one time using the pass. Oh, my baby just got the pacifier during their circumcision or whatever, and now breastfeeding is not great. And you know. I just shared something on my Facebook page about pacifiers and it was talking, it was, I don't remember who, who, who did it, but she was like saying, actually it's all really backwards because in the beginning there were no pacifiers and babies fed at the breast and then (laughs) pacifiers came and that's not, that's not normal. And we're giving people a hard time about not using a pacifier when like before there were ever pacifiers, that's how babies did it. And that's how it's supposed to be. You yeah, know? They, were, they were created to substitute for the boob. So obviously that means that we're trying to substitute nature. Well, and I sometimes wonder if some things, there are some things that, you know, kind of came about when we started using a lot more formula. Babies still have this need to be sucking, but they're not doing it at the breast. So now makes we so need, much sense. Yeah. You know, or even like, you know, people doing solids and cereal and things. They used to do that at just a few weeks old, you know, like, yeah, we maybe need those things now. So yeah. the other thing I was, I was thinking about when you were saying that is that, you know, one of the benefits that I didn't really touch on when we were talking about it is mothering through breastfeeding, another little HA league thing. Breastfeeding is an amazing parenting tool. I don't think we think about that sometimes, but you know, when your toddler's wired and they, you know, they need a nap and you can sit down and you can nurse them for a few minutes. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Or they're throwing a fit and like, you're choosing to win this battle, but when it's all over, like you can let them have their, you know, you, you won the battle, but afterwards you can reconnect and you can get those oxytocin hormones flowing and you can be like, okay, that was really hard. And I was so frustrated, but me and I love you now. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I would give anything right now to be able to do that with miles. Oh yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And I think, I think about one of my kiddos, I know that the reason I nursed him so long is because he would get so worked up. If I were, I don't know what would have happened if I wasn't still nursing. I mean, it was the only way to calm him down. It was crazy. And a couple of years ago, he was having like an anxiety attack and I was trying to kind of talk him out of it and just clicked in my head. I was, this is why I nursed him so long because I, I, he's not still nursing. Okay. Cause you know, all my kids are older, but, but it just clicked with me that, oh my gosh, I couldn't talk him down out of that. And I was like, that's why I did it for so long because it took him so long and he had to be so much older, like to be able to handle all of the emotion that he had. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. That's awesome. I have not thought about that. I love that. Do you want me to go over a couple more? Yeah. Okay. So I think nursing in public is another big thing that makes breastfeeding hard, harder than it needs to be. You know, I, I really encourage moms to nurse in public. Um, you can do it with a cover, without a cover. It's really whatever makes you feel more comfortable. But I think when we are willing to do that in public, we're normalizing breastfeeding. You know, um, 
And, and I can tell you that I have nursed in some of the craziest places. You <laughs> What's know, the craziest? Like, I want to hear. <laughs> I don't know what are like, I mean, I remember going to holiday world one time and I nursed in the wave pool and I was just waiting and waiting for somebody Pirates of the Caribbean. And we took the older boys to Disney world when Asher was two months old. And all I did was yeah. it was so hot. And I was, where's the next first aid station with AC? <laughs> Like, but that was one of the few rides I could actually take him on and ride. So <laughs> that's where, you know, but I can tell you, like, I've never had anybody say anything to me. I think that that sort of scares us when it comes to that practice at home, you know, like practice in front of a mirror, get your little routine down before you go out so that when you do go out, you don't have to be worked up and like, oh, what do I do next? And you get your baby, like, if you know they're going to be hungry and they start fussing, get them on now. You know, yeah. You know, those are the, I mean, we could do, we could talk about that more later, but you know, like. No, I think this is important to talk about it now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, well, because, so I think that, I know what steers us away is we are afraid. We're afraid of the judgment, afraid of somebody saying something. But I think that I but I got to the point where I wasn't like I was, I was ready for the challenge. Say something to me, like, just wait until you hear what I have to come back. But I also feel like it was an opportunity for me to normalize or have a conversation about it. And even more so now I feel even like, I don't, I don't think I really understood the mission at that point. I just thought, I love this. I don't mind talking about it. I fought really, really hard for this. Let's, sure. let's chat. Let me tell you about the journey. Let me tell you about how important it is. Let me tell you how I feel about yeah. it. And and I also remember it was really hard in the beginning. And I also remember, I remember doing some coaching yes. when I was still there. I don't remember, maybe in the doctor's office waiting room or something. I think that's exactly where it was. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll hold the blanket and, you know, like, but it's so hard to do that in the very beginning. Like when you have a newborn who doesn't want to latch or having a hard time with latch, it's so hard. You know, but later on, you just kind of get them close and they know what they're doing and it's so much easier, but yeah. yeah. And you know, be that, be that woman, like we're going to, I know we're going to talk about like, what can we do different, but like, be that woman who tells the other mom, don't be ashamed or, or, you know, afraid and like, like we're all women here or we've all seen boobs. You do your thing. Like you're feeding your baby. And I think someone said that to me at a, like a, like a Coast Guard gathering at one point it changed things for me. It made me feel so much more confident and comfortable. And it was like, okay, somebody else just validated that it was okay. And it was another mom who had the exact same experiences probably Mm -hmm. that I did. I mean, even if a mom is really discreet and you know what she's doing, you can be like, Hey, I see you and great job. I'm so happy to see you nursing in public. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, you know, but that they know they're being supported. And I think that that's so much of you know, and, and this whole thing can kind of go back to the sexualization. Oh, I don't want my husband to see her boobs or I, yeah. weird for me to say that word, but <laughs> at work, I always have to say breasts, but oh yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, boobs. I do too. But when Miles asks me, he'll say, what's that mama? I say, they're boobs. It's a boob. <laughs> he keeps calling nipples lips lately. <laughs> And then I, I pointed in the bath last week. I was like, you have nipples too. And I showed him and you, his face was just, and he was like trying to look down to like see them. And he was just so puzzled by it. You know, it's just, wait, the things that I sucked on for so long that I still love giving attention to so much. I have those too. 
Absolutely funny. Okay, so do you want me to go over nursing and public tips real quick? I do, but before we head into that, I feel like one of the things, and maybe we're going to get on this, but I feel like this is in the same area, was normalizing in public. But what about the whole, what about our whole conversation of never seeing a mom actually latch? Yeah, I have to. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that 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 all comes, comes together, right? Like, so we've had a conversation one day about so many moms can pretty much guarantee you that breastfeeding would not have gone so well for me with Caleb had I not watched those videos that I got from the library on VHS. Right. And we're in such a different time now. Like you don't have to go to the library and rent these. I know. And I felt really weird. I remember feeling really weird checking them out. (laughs) When we get off of here, I'm posting a video of a latch on the Facebook collective group. All you women go back and look at it because I'm doing it. I don't know why I haven't done it until now. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so yeah, like I don't think I would have been able to do that because I mean, I think I saw mom nursing you, but I just, like I said, I was in a weird age and I didn't really care or, you know, want to have anything to do with that. But, but I work with so many moms who have never seen a baby nursing. And I mean, it's, I mean, that's part of why covering up in public, I think is hard because, you know, in some cultures of the world, Babies and toddlers see nursing their whole entire life all around them. And they know how to hold the baby. They know how to hold their breast. They see it. They don't have to have a breastfeeding class to know how to breastfeed. Yeah. yeah. And so our little thing, we were like, our little title, we're like, show, show me your boobies. You know, like if you're around somebody who's nursing and you know this person and you don't, I mean, even if it sounds awkward for you to ask, I don't think most moms who have been through most moms, I don't think would be afraid to let you watch her nurse her baby, no. you know, but even just seeing without a cover, how the mom is holding the baby and those kinds of things that can go a really long way. Even if you're not actually seeing the latch. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's so true. So, I mean, don't be afraid to ask, don't be afraid if you have friends over who don't have children or younger people you know, Hey, I know this might sound really weird, but someday you might, (laughs) you might wish that you had seen somebody breastfeeding and, you know, do you have questions or, you know, like, do you want to see what it looks like? Or, I mean, I know it sounds really weird and like, no, I think it's incredibly important. People are going to be like, she's just weird. Like she wants everybody everybody to see my nipples, but no, (laughs) I don't don't think so. Not, not my collective, not my tribe of women. I think they'll get it. I, I, I love it so, so much. And like the first time we had the conversation with that notion got me like super excited. Like, I can't wait for the moment to be like, would you like to see, would you like to watch? Would you, you know, I mean, I really do because it, it takes maybe that person to, to offer that, you know, be comfortable with it. And I think you're so right. Most women who have been breastfeeding or become a mom, like so much has changed. You are, you know, when that baby is grasping onto you with their nails and their fingers and you've been manipulated in a million ways you're like okay what's what's pulling my shirt down for you to be able to like check out my boob and yeah I mean and and I think that the value of the mom who is breastfeeding and the value that you are imparting upon the non-expecting mom or the person that you're letting see you breastfeed yeah Okay. So then the other thing is like, we just have no 
clue, especially in this mom thing, how much influence we have over other people, not over other people, but when it comes to other people, think about it. You know, that family friend that invited me to a Laleche League meeting, I didn't go to a meeting. She probably has no idea. I'm going to have to call her and have a conversation with her before you, she this podcast comes you out. You do. You do. But she has no idea that, you know, even just her asking me gave me the 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 Leche League that I needed to look up at the library and get the videos. And then I was successful. And now, like, I'm a lactation consultant and I've been supporting moms and breastfeeding. And I was a Leche League leader for seven years. We just don't have any idea. And so when you are doing your thing, you know, what feels good to you. And for some people, like, it's just so... So different from the way that they've seen parenting or mothering or whatever, we can have so much influence, you know, I mean, so don't be afraid, you know, to talk to other people or, you know, don't be afraid to ask somebody, why, why do you do that? You know, like, why is breastfeeding so important to you? Or, you know, I can't think of anything else at the moment. I think just asking people's story in general, because of anything that I've learned, I mean, just because somebody's breastfeeding doesn't mean that two months prior, it looked like that, you know? And so I think we can learn so much more about all the things that go into it, you know? And I think most of the time women, like you said earlier, I think most of the time they are going to be willing to, to talk about it. I mean, you know, especially if they've worked for it and they enjoy it. The story is important when it comes to understanding and having realistic expectations of what breastfeeding is going to look like, because- we all, a lot of times, I think we just go into it like we talked about before. It's going to be, it's normal, it's natural, but it's not easy. It's not easy for most people. And so if we start talking to people about what, I mean, we do this with birth sometimes. We don't have to ask. People just tell us their stories. That's true. But, <laughs> but when it comes to breastfeeding, like, I, I mean, talk to your grandma, talk to your mom, talk to your friends, you know, and find out what their story is because, you can learn so much from that, you know, from all of those things. I mean, I think that's what's so amazing about this podcast is you're being real, you're telling stories, you are sharing like information all at the same time and encouraging people too that you can overcome some of these things, you know, and if you don't overcome it this time, there's always next time maybe, or, you know, like you learn something and grow yourself in all of these hard things. And and it's unfortunate that a lot of times we have to go through hard things, period, but we need to, to make it useful by sharing those stories with other people so that when they have a hard time or whatever that, I mean, that's, that's part of what it's about to me when I think about it. My story isn't really, it's my story, but it can help and encourage other people when they have things that come up that you know, can be encouraging to them. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that, I think one of the most incredible things, if it's, if the only takeaway that you can say right now after a heartache or a struggle or a loss or something is like the only win you feel like you have or reason that you can find to have gone through any of that is literally to share your story and to send love to a mom or to educate and empower and enlighten another mom. You have no idea how huge that is. And it goes back to the last point we made of planting the seed, Mm -hmm. planting the seed and telling your story knows what that means. That mom might become a doula down the road because she heard your birth story and was like, this is, 
I want to be a part and I want to change this. Or you might become a lactation consultant. You might start a podcast. There's just plant the seed and you have no idea. So don't, don't ever minimize your story or what just a few small words or a conversation could do for somebody. Yeah, I agree. Hey guys, I hope that you are enjoying this super passionate conversation about breastfeeding between two sisters who like to talk a lot. And because we do, we decided to go ahead and split this episode into two. So it's a little more digestible for you next week. The last part of this episode will drop and we're really going to get into the actual realistic expectations of breastfeeding, what it's really like and how you can prepare. I really want to encourage you to share these episodes. This is an incredibly important topic and it's something that so many of us are thrown off so much in our journey in motherhood. So if you've got an expectant mother or a girlfriend who struggled herself, please share this. All right, ladies, we'll talk soon. Hey, mamas, before you peace out, if what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast, and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.